0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to my neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. Mr. Rogers. I was never a Mr. Rogers guy. I was never a Sesame Street guy. Sesame Street bummed me out. I wouldn't want to own an apartment on Sesame Street. Well, maybe that is in New York, isn't it? I'm going to eat cookie. But the homeless problem? The guy living in a garbage can. Who also? One. They have Three. vampires in the neighborhood. Three. Kid Four. has HIV. Five. Then there's there's a now a, a genderless muppet. I would not want to live in that neighborhood. It's Gary. Oh, my, my, my. There's a Big Bird who clearly got in some sort of nuclear radiation thing, right? Mr. Snuffleupagus. What the hell is a Snuffleupagus? But real estate on Sesame Street's probably doing well. I was an electric company kid. That was the TV, public TV show that was... It didn't have the budget of Sesame Street. It didn't have the writers of Sesame Street. It just... I don't know. It was like a second city TV. They had a cool Spider-Man suit. So anyway, Tony Mendez, com. Morning. Desirable neighborhoods like Sesame Street, huh? Sure. Great for kids or families with kids. We got some pretty interesting stuff in front of us. You're my real estate guy. You just helped me get a loan. You helped me get a second home. Um, but if, this was actually the easiest one I've done in a while
2: mm-hmm. because I'm getting older. <laughs> I think as I have more assets, people are a little go, more go with the flow. But you'd think it, you'd think it would have gotten harder as you get more assets, more liabilities, more just paperwork. Um, but lenders are figuring it out. They're doing um, quite a good job at making it easier for people that have good credit and good income to get loans. So it's kind of scary in that way. You kind of keep me in touch with what people are doing on
1: loans and mortgages in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to stay in touch. So it's, I have you who does, you know, 25, 30 loans a year. Easy. Um, with that being said, it gives me perspective, but like, I don't have perspective on Sesame street and how the real estate's doing there or Louisiana or Mississippi in my cook letter, cookie letter, a ah, hunchback letter, hunchback letter. Um, I, I have no clue. I know that they hate us. I could show you the maps of the United States. Esri does a map of the United States. It's a big mapping company, and they, their coolest new map shows you where the wealthiest counties are in the United States. Yeah, and where the non-wealthy. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, let's just put it this way: those states that you fly over, some big big holes there. There's there. some big black holes of no money. Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia is going to allow hunting of people soon. (laughs) to Try to recruit some millennials to live there like the Hunger Games. Um, That's not true. So one of the... the, I love California, and I've been in California 20-plus years now. And I grew up in the United States and overseas. And uh, there's a lot to like about our state if you take advantage of it. But California becomes the first state to order solar on new homes. I like that story. Um, And again, it comes down to... Do you remember... Twenty years ago, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast, and we're talking about going to the West Coast. And they're like, "They don't have plastic bags there." <laughs> and on the East Coast, it's like they got earthquakes and no plastic bags. And you're like, "Really?"
2: And it seems the, like such a foreign
1: country out here. It seems like such a foreign yeah. country. And then you're here. You're like, "We don't need plastic bags. Yeah. Good, glad that we don't have them." You know, we got families, and like, we don't want you know, uh, plastic bags just gonna end up in the ocean. So
2: now, solar panels. A lot of people were. Putting some money into that, uh, I have several clients I've had that got into the business of solar, solar power, and I'm sure they're pretty happy to hear that California's embracing it this way. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because um, mandatory new homes, first state to
1: order solar on everything. I'm not sure that is the right solution. Where you say every single home? Because like, how about this? How about this? How about this? What if you don't want the solar panels? Like you hate the sun. For some reason, the sun did you wrong growing up. You're a moon fan. You're a witch. You're a vampire. Just think it's ugly. Right.
2: Um, I like the idea of neighborhoods having solar. So, I, like for, I, I don't know, but I'd rather have it on the house than have this big field of shiny pieces of glass. But see, we're different. Depends on where you live. Depends on how much beauty you want to have on the house
1: versus how much beauty you want to have uh, in the neighborhood. Because you could do it much more
2: industrial if you do a, a whole neighborhood versus a, a single house. Well, I, I do believe that Californians in general do want to embrace a greener state. Um, I mean, we just went through a drought and are like, what if that dam goes away? What if that, our power just gets more expensive? And this is a way to help kind of keep that going, keep that uh, mentality and that philosophy going. I have no problems with it at all. In fact, I, I'm surprised more people don't have solar. It, it is, I think it is a fantastic... Addition to a house, in addition to your budget, you talk about budgets all the time. I think if you pl- if you do it the right way, and you can talk, easily talk to somebody, there's plenty of people to answer the phone and help you, and you get the right either buy the equipment or you lease it, and, and all of a sudden your bills lower. It, it it makes sense, whether or not you want it and you have to maintain it and all that stuff. It's it's you can set it up the right way. I like it. Sure, Ed Bagley Jr. was his name, Ed Bagley Jr. The guy who is uh, he's
1: the Californian. He's He's big into solar, uh, real big into solar. I know who he is. I just, he was I on St. Elsewhere. A... Okay. He was the nerdy doctor with glasses that never got the girl. Um, but then again, he lived for most of the series and never had AIDS or anything like that because we uh, do our storytelling through TV shows. Um, but yeah, the, the move of California underscoring how rooftop solar once a luxury reserve for wealthy green leaning homeowners is becoming a mainstream energy source with California. The nation's largest solar market. So again, I home builders hate this because they want to be able to charge you whatever they can charge you. So the home builder stocks got hit on this news last week, and solar stocks got did quite well. So yeah, how about like areas like Tahoe where, <clears throat> or Santa Rosa? The whole not the whole city, but a large five thousand houses burned down. That's five thousand solar inst- installations going in if they go with this new idea. Like. These are
2: big numbers well it's not just that there's a, a lot of new technologies I'm sure every, most of the people that are going to rebuild are these con, these contractors saying well why don't we add this why don't we add that I have a client right now who is trying to do a renovation on his house in um Nevada, and he can't he, he, he's they're getting top dollar he's, he was blown away with the quote that he got on his on his renovation because all of the contractors are, are concentrating on these on rebuilding these homes. And they're in such high demand. They're going to put in so much stuff, Rob. I, I love the. F- There's a, a, a silver lining, I suppose, to all of these new homes going up, and they're going to be pretty sophisticated. And I think that you know, California saying we're going to put solar on new homes is just the leading. You know, we're the leading state in this in this factor. So it used to be a situation where people would come to you and get a home equity line of credit
1: and put in solar. Mm-hmm. People would use their own equity to like try to improve the house. And the, the numbers are starting to get there for sure for many, many people. It's going to be interesting to see, like I said, how it plays out in California and the regulations and uh, contractors are obviously going to make a killing installing the new stuff. Elon Musk and his lithium battery world, obviously mm-hmm. going to do very, very well. And his power walls as yep. people start going, you know, not just panels, but maybe I could get a power bank and store the electricity on-site instead of selling it back to the PG&E just in case there is that historic flood or what have you. Anyway, Tony just did a loan for me. You can contact him at com. He does all sorts of loans, but he can help you with a 15, a 5, an arm. He can help figure out your situation for you. Contact him at com.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area
1: Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. I've tried my best to kind of talk about some of the digital media consumption that we're going to be doing sooner rather than later. And it's tough content to get through because I read just a crazy long um, research report that I yellow-highlighted what I could. I'm trying to share a lot of that with you kind of on the fly about how big of a billion-dollar, 300-plus billion dollars in augmented reality versus virtual reality. Premium video, big influencers, uh, smart speakers. Uh, this is the year of 2017. It's the year of the smart speaker. There's no doubt about it. And virtual reality, when, you know, Um, I go to a concert, I went to a concert last year that, I'm not kidding you, I paid pretty good seats for, pretty good money for seats, I was in the 14th row, and this douche, whatever you want to say, nasty word about a human being, uh, stood up in front of me the whole time. Now, again, that's okay, you pay for a seat, you can stand or you can sit, but when 99.9% of the rest of the audience is sitting, like during the slow songs... Uh, sit. Put your butt down. If ninety-nine point nine percent of people are doing it, do it. If everyone's standing the whole thing, I get it. If fifty percent, I get it. Um, at least at some point in time, look around yourself and be self-aware that you are that guy, um, and that you can't really dance to a chant. You can try, but it's going to look pretty stupid. So virtual reality. Had I been on? Had I paid for front row seats? Peter Gabriel or Coldplay or uh, Biggie Smalls or Tupac. I know you're saying they're dead, but if they had a virtual concert, I could take my kids to it and say, hey, this is Tupac. Back in the day, uh, he was pretty cool. And your dad was too afraid to listen to him because he was a gangster, And uh, he's afraid of gangsters. But now that he's dead, I'm not afraid to take you to a virtual concert. So it's kind of a neat idea whether it be, and you can feel that you're in the front row and they can put enough speakers on you or near you that you're in the front row and it feels like he's winking at you kind of thing. And same thing with a sporting event. Um, I've, for people who've never been to a Manchester United game uh, in old Tafford, England, you're missing something, right? You're missing the ole, 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 ole. You're missing the, you know, what ah me wanna wait a history, and where they say come up when the World Cup. Like, we don't get that kind of culture here. Um, it would be cool to get into the virtual reality world and, uh, you know, go to a presidential speech where you're sitting behind him, right? As he's addressing the nation. Uh, you too can fall asleep just like the vice president, Al Gore, once did. I know you're saying, whoa, that's cool. So, yeah, we're going to get there. And that's, you know, who controls that content, who controls that delivery system of virtual worlds will, will be a big winner in, in media. Big winner. Uh, media and entertainment companies have invested in virtual reality to create new forms of experimental um, and experiential experiential content. Uh, the New York Times has a virtual reality app allowing users to witness current events in purely virtual environment worlds. USA Today is playing with one where you can, like, get on the deck of a, virt- uh, of a uh, they're doing a little virtual reality tour where you can get on the deck of an aircraft carrier, or you can see what it's like to try to stop a 100 mile per hour slapshot from Alex Ovechkin. CBS has transformed Netflix's Stranger things into an Emmy nominated virtual reality experience. Hulu launched a virtual reality app for Samsung Gear Virtual Reality, which allows subscribers to view exclusive immersive content. Bethesda Gameworks, they're releasing a Fallout, Doom, and Skyrim as virtual reality games for the PlayStation virtual reality headset. Uh, bow, 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 Bob. Um, in Asia has created a virtual reality movies, including the daytime Emmy-winning Invasion. So a lot of companies like NextVR is working to capture streaming, live, and sporting events, NBA, NFL, concerts, um, all with virtual reality Devices. So, virtual reality device companies are lowering price to reach larger audiences. We've seen price cuts going into the 2017 holiday season uh, because 1400 to 1200. Mom and Dad are like, no, 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 and then you get to a yes. History of the world, one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Uh, I'm going to do a PG version of it. It was R-rated. No, 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 yes. Same thing with the Gear Virtual Reality, Galaxy S Seven, the Oculus Gaming Platform, the Vive Gaming Plus Computer, the Virtual Reality PlayStation Solution. The like, there's so much out there right now. You know, Google's got the Cardboard Virtual Reality Headset, um, and when we get two hundred dollars, and we will get two hundred dollars virtual reality when? When? Um, two hundred to six hundred dollars, whether you're throwing in a computer and/or headset, or just a headset. Uh, probably second half of 2018. And that's when people are like, yes, 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 yes. yes, And then we'll go, no. No one wants to know that Samsung crap. Um, virtual reality will not reach scaled for quite a while, though. Um, standalone and tethered. Um, PlayStation, virtual reality, Oculus, and Vive have got that going. Um, mobile, where you have it all, you know, mobile, like Samsung's got a version where you buy the headset, but then you put your phone into the headset. So you don't need to be tethered to a computer. Um, you know, we're not talking consumer adoption above 2% until 2020. So on a global population, it's a long Smartphones are going to make augmented reality accessible to large-scale customer audiences. Um, my Very Hungry Caterpillar, Minecraft, Atom Visualizer. Um, they're out there now as far as augmented reality goes. Apple's ArcKit currently is enabled on iPhone 6s and later. Google's Core currently enabled on Galaxy S8 and Pixel phones. The Core is so far behind Apple's ARC Kit for AR, ARKit, and AR Core um, is the way I should be saying this. But you get an instant user base anytime you come up with software solutions. Um, augmented reality optimized smartphones already have the required hardware, so no additional consumer cost to you. So the reason to go out and get a, a 10 Apple phone is because it's got a super chip in it and it has that augmented reality kit built into the software. Augmented reality will rapidly become a ubiquitous feature on smartphones, bringing reality computing to the mainstream. So it's the smartphone where augmented reality is going to really start. And again, we're growing towards virtual reality. And when do we get that above 2%? And Apple, where's your virtual reality headset? Apple's like, nope. Our virtual reality is augmented reality for now. We'll get there. But we're not talking over 2% numbers for a while. We're going to focus on the big numbers, 30% of all smartphones, widespread adoption, 2017, 2018. Uh, For other phones, 2020. We're getting there. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think everyone kind of knows that I like technology. like talking about it. I love exploring it. I like seeing where it goes. I like investing in it. So every year we look at technology, we look back and we go, hey, we're not the Jetsons yet. Or hey, we're not in driverless cars yet. The data of technology is pretty fascinating. The data is under fire these days. This has been, the last 12 months has been very interesting. Maybe the last 24 months have been very interesting in the sense of some of the dynamics that have started to pop up because of the global innovation and competition. Driving usage and monetization. A lot of usability improvements are based on data. Scrutiny is intense right now, users, scrutinizing on businesses, on regulators, technology-driven trends changing so rapidly that it's pretty fair to say that by the time we understand one, we've it's moved on to another one. So uh, e-commerce is huge. You hear that a lot. Personalization, new opportunities, China, marketing, advertising, cutting out the middleman. Those are all things you continue to hear. Not a lot of growth in Internet users on a year-over-year basis. So we're probably looking at right now at the end of 2017, we probably were roughly at about three and a half billion Internet users worldwide. That's greater than 50% of the population. We're pretty darn close to it. Again, keeping count of all those teeny tiny little children around the world is tough. Growth is going to be harder to find now that market penetration has hit 50%. Like, Do you know how important investing in TVs and radio and television was back in the day? Cell phones and phone lines where we would go, Oh, that person over there's got a phone. What's that all about? Let's go to the, uh, the old general store and make a phone call. And then once everyone has it, it becomes what we refer to as commoditized. Digital media usage has grown about 4% year over year. 5.9 hours per day digital media usage. Most of that's on mobile. Some of it's on desktop. And a very fraction is on other connected devices. How much is too much time spent on the internet? 3.3 hours a day on your mobile phone, 2.1 on your desktop or laptop, How much is too much? Do we care yet? Or are we starting to think about it? Because again, Wall Street is just crunching the numbers. And that's why companies like Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, who are are dominant innovators in, in internet and network delivery, they get the rewards. Innovation plus competition equals, you know, usefulness, but it's also going to create a little more scrutiny coming down the road. You know, how can we keep things simple? How are payments handled? Messaging, video, voice, personalization, access. What are gonna be our devices in the coming years? We know that tech devices and phones in particular are victim to Moore's Law and you know to the tech fun, smaller, cheaper, faster, every single year. Now, the average selling price is something people pay attention to because it's important. And that's why you're seeing analysts freak out over Apple and the iPhone ten and you know, is it selling for six hundred and sixty bucks, six hundred and sixty five dollars, six hundred and sixty two dollars? Because the average smartphone, now again, this is the average smartphone, in two thousand seven was about four hundred dollars. Now it's about three hundred and twenty five. And it's fair to say in the last ten years it's been trending lower until Apple comes out with a new phone and pushes prices higher, and then it trends lower. And every two to three years, Apple raises their prices. And it it, it tries to help, but it's it's barely holding on. I would say it's fair to say that 2018 is the first year where we could probably say uh, mobile phone usage. We're starting to question, do we need a new mobile phone? Instead of, I want, I want, I need. Simplicity is becoming pervasive. How easy is it used to Spotify? And then when Apple music comes out, we go, it's so difficult. And then once we get the hang of it, it's okay. Commerce is super easy, whether it's investing or saving. You can use apps like Robinhood or Acorns. Square Cash. Messaging is, is, is solid these days. Easier to use becomes pervasive. Payments work on a lot of levels on the in the world of the internet. It's not just, you know um hold the phone up to your face click click wearables account for about two percent of transaction by payment channel through the internet if you look at your everyday transactions how many of them are tied towards the internet now whether it's qr codes mobile messaging apps peer-to-peer transfer buy buttons it's all increasing right is that fair to say so the friction of buying is declining, and that's a bit of a problem. I've got some stuff from Amazon that I wasn't able to return that maybe it was a buzz buy, maybe it was a you know a, a late-night exhaustion buy. So it's, it's getting commerce done that doesn't need to be done, which is both positive and negative, right? Local now equals offline connections where we want local... But somehow we want Amazon or Best Buy or we want someone to deliver it to us other than, you know, we don't want to get up and go to the store. But we don't necessarily want it to be Amazon, but we definitely, definitely don't want to go up and go. If you take a look at the messaging world, whether it's QQ, WhatsApp, WeChat, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, Twitter, I don't think I quit Facebook Messenger. I just don't have it on my phone and I don't want it on my phone. Um, I use WhatsApp for some soccer, Um, keeping parents in line, so to speak, you know, grouping them. I don't want them on my phone phone, my instant message, but WhatsApp is great. Um, Don't use WeChat, don't use Instagram, don't use Twitter. Yeah, I have a Twitter, but I don't really, you know, active, I just post some of my media there for you. So, but one of the big things driving, you know, internet consumption right now is video games. New content types are emerging, and people are paying attention. If you take a look at the total, the total streaming hours at Twitch, back in 2012, it was about 3 million. Now, it's up about 17 million. Now, again, that's in five years, and it tells you that there's a lot of trend going there. And you make money, you score goals in hockey by going to where the puck's going to, not where it is now. And you make money on Wall Street by going where the trend is going, not where it is right now. Voice technology liftoff. Three, two, one, blast off, right? Machine learning word accuracy is pretty good right now. It's it's as close to human accuracy. About 95% consistent. Not a big fan of Amazon Alexa, I'll be quite honest with you. I just find it to be gimmicky. I know in four or five years that's going to come back to haunt me. Someone's going to have that audio. The skills that have been introduced in two years, there's over 30,000 skills taught. Like you can say to Alexa, play Rob Black and Your Money on KDOW, and boom, it's on because it somehow is tied into the internet and somehow knows how to do that with iHeartRadio, which somehow knows how to pull it off. I don't know. But the installed base of Alexa as a user interface, a voice user interface, not a graphical user interface, uh, it's over $30 now. So we know that, and it's growing, and it's growing like the Empire State Building. So that's out there. There's a big word for personalization. And the easiest way of talking about it was probably Netflix, where you have four family accounts. One for Daddy, who likes to watch monster movies. One for mommy, who likes to watch fat children not jump over the pommel horse and get stuck, and dad cries because he's so torn up that his daughter can't do it. Then there's TV shows for Junior, who likes zombies. And there's teen TV shows like You know how personalization works. And Netflix gets better and better about it. it it's kind of spooky. Now, again, Netflix can't predict your mood. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for raunchy comedy. You know, give me a little porkies here or there. Sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, a horror uh, fest or a documentary on on the greatest baseball player ever Rob Black. But the personalization, whether it's, you know, getting a Pinterest account and dedicating it to the Warriors or a Newsfeed account on Twitter so that, like, you could personalize it so you could cheat and do a radio show on the fly if you need to from your second home in the mountains of nowhere. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 investing in more. What's on your financial mind? I'm talking a little technology, and I I do this on occasion where I kind of push aside the daily headlines and I talk about what's happening this year as a trend goes. Um, personal plus collective data, I'm trying to personalize things for you. And when you see the what Snap and what Uber and what Nextdoor and what companies like Apple and uh, Google recommend, you know real time navigation with Waze now has become a lot more commercialized. Initially when you used Waze on your phone you're like wow this is a great little service. It shows you like it tells you if there's a car accident ahead and you know routes to go around it. But now you're seeing like ads for Taco Bell and McDonald's and you're inside your Waze and you're like are you watching me eat lunch? You yes Taco it Bell. is watching you eat lunch. If you park your car at a Taco Bell you're going to start seeing ads for Taco Bell. Um, or a Taco Bell competitor is the idea
0: bye, 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 bye. I'm it.
1: in the last couple of years, you probably did your first, uh, um, shared ride on Lyft or Uber and you thought about it and you don't know if you like it or you don't know if you do, but it's kind of a roll of the dice. You got to go take your car in to get fixed at the shop and you're like, okay, I'm going to use this Lyft line. It's half the price of a Lyft not bad and and sometimes you get in and no one else gets in and it's like golden for you it's like a golden home run i know you're saying woo so internet companies internet users and regulators are all kind of in this privacy playground right now and internet companies are trying to make low price services better from your data so they say Internet users are increasing time on Internet services based on perceived value. And then you get the regulators who, I think it's always fair to say that they don't know what's going on. Facebook's annualized revenue per daily user continues to improve. And you've seen Facebook come out and say, you know, yeah, we're guilty of some privacy issues and yeah, we're going to do the best we can in the future. But Know that they're also trying to drive revenue per daily user as part of a metric. Back in 2015, you would get online and you would take a look at a couple of your photos. You would take a look at a couple funny videos: dog sneaking up on cat, cat jumps high in the air and scratches dog's ears or something. Ah, it's so funny. So in 2015, we were spending about 16 bucks annualized. So that's about a dollar a month, right? That's what you you created value for Facebook. Your eyes were there for enough hours with enough advertisers, it was about sixteen dollars a year. Now that free service that you log on to is generating about thirty four dollars a year. So just about three dollars a month. Now again, you start looking at like situations like Facebook and you compare them to Netflix, Netflix charges you ten dollars. So it goes from your account to their account per month, right? a year just say roughly work with me now Facebook is only getting $34 but they're also not spending billions of dollars creating new content oh boy do you remember the good old days when the internet had issues like you didn't have to pay state taxes or local taxes and like you would say wow it's 10% cheaper at Amazon because I'm not paying for sales tax because we didn't know how to do that and then our regulators got involved and they're like oh we know how to do that Competition still very important to be wary of. Fines at Google for the European Union are over 2.4 billion for abusing dominance as a search engine. Data privacy big issue, and you're going to see you know what, how much you're going to hear more stories about third-party abuses. The German Network Enforcement Act is going to require for-profit social networks with over two million registered users in Germany to remove unlawful content within 24 hours of receiving a complaint. It's all very funny because, like, let's just say, like, I don't know. You get into one of those legal situations where you and your ex-wife are fighting over, uh, I don't know. Okay. She she plagiarized, your ex-wife plagiarized her thesis paper. And you write a blog about, you know, people shouldn't uh, plagiarize. And because she's got your last name, and you got her last name, and then suddenly there's something in the, the archives that she plagiarized, and suddenly like she wants your article removed because it's moving her higher up on the ranking. Like, there's, there's a lot of dicey, right? It's crucial to manage for unintended consequences in investing, and it's crucial to manage for unintended consequences when you can become irresponsible. And the United States, I think we are forward-thinking and aggressive with being Internet leaders. And sometimes the European Union's like, they don't like that. Like, I, I saw an interview with one of Microsoft's attorneys from the 1990s, and it talked about how if they can go back and, and redo things with the European Union, they would. Because the attorney was saying, you know, Microsoft got brought up on Internet charges of basically building Internet Explorer into their operating system and companies like Netscape said that's illegal. And the European Union is like, We'll take a look, maybe it is. Cause there was other browsers out there that, you know, could have caught on. But long story short, the attorney goes, If I can go back in time, we would have settled everything immediately. We would have made nicer because for years and years and years we had to have top software engineers, people like Bill Gates, you know, prepping for how to answer legal questions. Okay. So, Google's in some some problems right now and Facebook, you don't want to see Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill. You want to see him you know building better products in theory. I'm Rob Black talking the internet, talking the story of it, the growth of it, where we are, where we're going.